morning, we're in a series called Let's Go to the Roof. It's talking about all the miracles that are happening in Mark. Today we're going to be in Mark 9, but just a quick recap of some of the miracles that we've seen and heard about already. Mark 1, healing of a man with an unclean spirit. Simon Peter's mother-in-law was healed. Healing of a man who were sick. It would be a miracle if I got a hug, Gavin. Come on. Mark 1, healing of many who were sick or possessed by demons. Cleansing of a leper. Mark 2, healing of a paralyzed man. Mark 3, healing of a man with a withered hand. Mark 5, Healing of a woman with a hemorrhage. Mark 5, raising Jairus' daughter from the dead. Mark 6, feeding of the 5,000, as well as walking on water. Mark 7, healing of the deaf and mute, as well as healing of a woman's daughter. Mark 8, healing of a blind man at Bethesda. These are just a few of the examples uh, that Jesus is doing in his ministry. Three short years. Uh, so many miracles that you know, pages couldn't contain it. I got a short video of a pastor named Dwayne Miller. He's from Texas, and he saw over 60 specialists. He got the flu, and he had what they determined to be unrepairable damage to his vocal cords. He had scar tissue. Scar tissue does not repair. I don't want to give too much away, so let's just go ahead and play it. psalmist writes, and he heals all of my diseases. Let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is not over. Now you have to be careful on how you do this. Because there are folks who carry things to an excess and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why. God does things that he does, but I know that he does. And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me and let it be. To say that every single person will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true. Won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry. That's just not the context. And to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of Scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in a box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, O my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And then in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now, I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had, and you have had in times past, pit experiences. <sighs> We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. 
And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm but overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. <laughs> I'm uh, Sounds funny to say at a loss for words. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I He redeems my life from the pit. <laughs> and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. The Lord is slow to anger. The Lord is abounding in love. The Lord will not accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, that's mercy. Or repay us according to our iniquities, that's mercy. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. What really gets me about this video is that this is a pastor. He's filling in at a youth conference. He stepped down from pastoring. It was taken from him because of something that happened from him. And yet he's still preaching on the power and the possibility of what a miracle can do. It makes me think about what the purpose of a miracle is. He mentioned in there that sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes it's just God's sovereignty. But we also see within the stories of Scripture, all these different times when God, Jesus, is performing signs and miracles. That's what this whole series is about. 
We look at things like in Exodus 4, verse 1. When Moses is talking to God, and then Moses answers and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Um, and they say that the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? And Moses said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became made a serpent. And Moses fled from him. So just things like that where we might not, we might feel like we have to fight or defend God. Or we might have to stand up in certain circumstances when he's called us to work for him. See, a lot of times I I get this feeling that God's called us to something or to work or we know we're exactly where he wants us to be, but we're trying to tell God how to do what he wants us to do instead of just stepping into the space and listening to him and just saying, you told me to do this, okay, and not arguing. And it's uncomfortable. Sometimes the gift of a miracle is just an extension of his grace and just an extension of his love. Sometimes I think it's just to have a little taste of the kingdom here. When I first started following God, I didn't feel like there was a lot of tangible access to him here. Like I knew prayer was a thing. Like I should stop and pray. Like I should find time during the day to pray. That if I didn't have peace, that he would give me peace. But I didn't understand this exchange of emotion and physical ailment that Jesus has already done for us. So when I'm viewing healing, I'm thinking about the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. So when I see you guys up here and praying and laying things at the altar, we don't do animal sacrifices anymore. But you're sacrificing these different parts of you him in exchange because of what he's done he's putting that into you and filling those different pieces part of our values salvation freedom and redemption today Delhi made a call to salvation beautiful thank you guys who raised your hand who took the step who made that move today beautiful. And there's a lot of people here who have been following God for a long time, who maybe haven't experienced that deeper connection with Him, who, who desire that, who want to feel that, who want to who change from it. And I just truly believe that the salvation portion is just the beginning of the path. It's just the beginning of the real change that happens. That it's just the beginning of the exchange of different pieces of us that we exchange for a life of following God. 
See, the miracles aren't always flashy and this big whoosh, as I've heard some people describe it as. Sometimes the miracles are just as simple as forgiveness. Sometimes the miracles are as simple as, I'm not going to live in that shame anymore. Sometimes the miracles are as simple as, I'm okay with being in the spot that feels really uncomfortable that I don't like. I don't believe that there's any prerequisites to healing. I don't think it's a, if I do this plus this plus this, that equals healing. But I do believe that sometimes that either A, we, or B, the enemy, places barriers in between us and that. That's been laid out to us by God. Sometimes it's just seeing things and saying, that's not for me. Or saying, these people are crazy. I can't believe they prayed for that. But what seems crazy at one point seems like faith in the future. And when you hear the cue of God that these things will be taken care of, we have to trust it and hold on to it. And that's the whole point of faith. Because if faith came with a pattern, it wouldn't be faith. If we could see the way it was going to play out, what kind of trust would that take? In Mark 9, 28 and 29, Jesus points out one of the barriers when the disciples couldn't cast out a demon. There's a big crowd, and uh, Jesus shows up, and what's going on? And uh, the boy's dad was saying, we can't get this demon out. Can you do something? And he says, you know, you wicked generation, how long am I going to have to be with you guys? And Jesus is like, do you believe? And the man says, I believe. Help my unbelief. And uh, Jesus cast it out. It starts, says, Jesus commanded to come out. Come out, you unclean, wicked spirit. And the spirit just comes out. And the disciples are like, Jesus, why? Well, this one comes out with prayer. Some translations say it comes out with prayer and fasting. And again, we don't know what that takes. And later on, you're going to see how we can perceive it and kind of step into those spaces where God wants to work to, work at. I've had the opportunity to see a couple healings. I've had the chance to see some, for sure, emotional healings. I think we've seen that today. I think we all have. And whether we register that or not is dependent. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is in Job, God speaketh once, twice, and man perceiveth not. A lot of times we're not seeing the things that are happening in the spirit, and that's okay. But sometimes when we pray, we don't get the answer. Or sometimes we pray and we don't get the miracle. And then what do we do with that? Because that hurts. Some of you guys know that my son Dawson had surgery about a month ago. 
And my mom came up there with us, and it's hard. He was almost one. And I had this vision when I was standing there with him. You can only bring two people back there at a time. And at that time, I was alone. Mom was getting Olivia. And I just see him there crying. And he doesn't understand that what we're doing is to help him. A three and a half hour surgery is there to help him. Now, I'm wrestling with God. Why can't you just take care of this? Why do you do this to one year olds? Some of us might be telling ourselves, why did this have to happen to me? Why did I have to go through this? Why did this person hurt me? Why was this life lost? And I was looking at Dawson, I'm so sorry. I had to do this. But it's what's best for you. And when I was looking back to that moment, what I saw as a father was Father God looking back at me and saying the same exact thing. He said, I'm so sorry you had to go through this. I know you don't understand. But you had to. We look at things like the Israelites, God's chosen people. A lot of our principles are based off of that. And I don't think we see it this way a lot of time. Yes, God chose the Israelites. But when we look throughout the course of the Bible, that choice of the Israelites and Jesus coming up through that was actually Jesus choosing all of us and God choosing all of us. And sometimes we can't understand that. Sometimes we can't perceive that. Sometimes we don't have the same morality as God. I would never give up anything that I've been through. Not one bit. I'm grateful for every heartache, for every pain, every suffering, every broken bone because it's caused me to grow. And without that, we couldn't be who we need to be for God. And that same thought is what happens when the miracle happens. Because I don't think oftentimes God is doing these things and changing our heart just for us. When I see people who are struggling with unforgiveness of self or holding on to an addiction or just not letting go of something, living in an old framework, there's this spiritual part inside of us when we've been through those things that say, I know what you're going through and I know what God can do. And that's the portion of let's go to the roof. I know where it's at. I know where the access point is at. Will you come there with me? I'm taking the steps. Let's go together. I've been there. And it comes back to that sacrificing. I'm sacrificing this part of me to you, God. And I trust you with it. 
and I believe that you're going to redeem that. You're going to redeem that relationship. You're going to redeem that portion of me because I can't do it anymore. I like how the disciples are consistently just trying to learn, learn more, trying to please God. So in Mark 9, verse 5, then Peter answered, so this is where Elijah, Moses, and Jesus are gleaming on the mountain. And uh, Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, is it good for us to be here? He's like, let us make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And in the next verse, it says they just didn't know what to say. They were just like, I just want to please you, Jesus. I have no idea what's going on here. There's gleaming people. There's Elijah. There's Moses. I'm confused, but I just know that I want to please you. And even in Mark 9, when the disciples couldn't cast out the demon, they went to a private area, and the first thing that they, you see in Scripture right after that is, Jesus, why couldn't I do it? I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to find out more about you. And again, to me, that's that part of the salvation is just the beginning. It's the, it's the introduction to the depth of God. It's beautiful. It's the greatest joy but also it's the part of salvation's free and discipleship will cost you everything, right? That's not just some catchy phrase that we use. The discipleship and following God costs you the parts that you don't want to give up. Whether that be the tithing, whether that be the way we live, whether that be the relationships, whatever. And it's just that continuing sacrifice of every part of you. I always think about Peggy, and I've told this story before. There are some new faces. When I was six weeks sober, and Peggy Hannah's standing there in the back, and I come back to her, and I'm just like, I'm just frazzled. Anyone who's done recovery knows the six weeks mark's weird. It's like, I, I kind of want to do it, I kind of don't. kind of want to, nah. Okay. So I come up to Peggy and I just explain that to her. And I don't know Peggy's story. I, I don't know if she's had that experience before. Probably not. And I didn't know Peggy that well. But now seeing Peggy, I know that she's constantly just emptying herself out to the Lord. Those of, those of us who have seen her before, we've seen her on her knees praying. We've seen her on her face praying. We've seen like just the light of God shining on her. It almost reminds me of uh, Moses when he's talking to God. He's like, God, I'm not leaving here unless your presence goes with me. But I come and I pray with Peggy. Instant peace. Instant peace. Instant peace. Peggy took me to the roof. Peggy introduced me to the love of God. She took that part of her that she sacrificed to the Lord, and Jesus filled it 
she was kind enough to share that with me. And that's discipleship, and that's sacrifice, and that's love. And if we don't consider that a miracle, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. One of the most important parts, being on a prayer team, or for me it's, you know, during Freedom Week and being a red shirt, is being able to hear when God has something for someone and being able to tune in to that moment. I prayed for someone, and they said, I need healing for this. And it is. It sounds silly, but it's, hey, God, do you have this? Here. That's, that's it. That's it. And the person received healing. And that same person called me into a space where something was really wrong with someone. God said no. And the person's with God now. And those things happen. And that is part of it. But on the flip side of that is those things can also be held because what happens when the person who comes for prayer and says, we need this, this happens. But they choose not to come. Maybe their feet are bound Maybe their tongue is bound. Maybe they're embarrassed about what other people think. Maybe they're not used to the church culture or even being in a place that allows people to come to corners and pray. Maybe that's weird to them. Why do you think we do this? Why do you think we pray and have three songs where at the beginning you just have all of this space to come and release it? Worship is a spiritual act. It's prompting these things inside of you and it's moving and it's It's cueing you to move. I think more often than not, we know when God has something in store for us or for someone else. And we have to listen to the prompts to A, receive, or to B, deliver. So many people this morning came up and dropped off a package of shame. And they picked up a package of righteousness and they replaced those things inside of them. But I don't think without the direction of the Holy Spirit, those moments don't happen. When I heard Arnick preaching, it cued something when he was talking about miracles. He talked about his sister who was in a coma for a long time and the doctor said it was silly what he was doing. And then someone said, put crutches on, walk with them, she will walk. And it happened. There was a prompt from the Spirit that happened in a direction. 
Now, why and how that works? Just like the man whose voice was healed and 60 specialists told him that nothing could happen but scar tissue was repaired? I don't know. I don't know. I was sitting in a group with guys uh, last year. Almost a year on the dot. And there's probably 20 of us in a circle. And the Holy Spirit prompted and said, if this man he wore a mask, he was having breathing issues, that kind of stuff. And the Holy Spirit prompted and he said, if he surrenders his life to me again, I'll fix all of it. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not saying it. Nope, nope. Not doing it, God. Nope. I'm like, you're going to embarrass me. And then I remembered the phrase that was given to me. It makes you ineffective in the hand of God when you worry about what other people think. So I sat there, and everybody started saying, I'm like, hold on. And I told him, Patrick, I feel the presence of the Spirit over you. This is what it says to me. He says, I feel it too. Thank you. Stood up, received healing, never wore a mask again. Six months later, he said, thank you. I said, it's nothing. But what happens if we don't listen to that? So now he gets to go on walks with his one-year-old daughter and not worry about breathing issues. And he gets to be part of a men's group where we take care of ourselves physically. We do runs and exercises and that kind of stuff that he didn't get to experience before. That doesn't come from me. It just comes from an extension of God and his grace and his mercy and his listening and obedience. And I just feel like we're all called into that. Because this whole series, nine chapters so far, is all about let's go to the roof. If I got to go by myself and jump down and no one lowers me in and I have to break my leg, I will. But in this body, I really feel like I got four people who are low me da- lower me down and help me there. And if you need someone to help you down there or help you into there, got it. You got it. My challenge is that we're just kind of quiet. There's this heaviness in us. There's this heaviness in us that a lot of these books are focusing on physical. Physical, physical. And I believe in that, 100%. Lungs repaired. We got stories in this congregation right now. I should just be giving a mic and start calling them up. But today is going to be an emotional wait. That spirit of heaviness that's happening. Please listen to the way that God speaks and hear that voice of heaviness and respond to it bravely. Because the tongue of God's not going to be audible. His hand is not going to actually 
physically grab you and put you where you need to be. But the Spirit will prompt you and push you exactly where you need to go if you can let go and just let Him do what He wants to do. Guys, I am not perfect. Far from. Right, Mom? Honestly, I don't even try to fix myself for me. I have no interest in it. But I will continue. Discipleship costs you everything. I will continue to try to repair those broken parts in me so that I know where to go so that I can help people to get there so they don't have to experience all the crap, all the heartache, and all the, all the pain. That heaviness, that heaviness we don't have to carry. Because freedom's real. Salvation, freedom, redemption. Salvation, freedom, redemption. Does anybody have anything that they want to let go of? No? Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This has been a heavy week, heavy few days. COVID happened. The death happens. We can feel like we're not carrying some of that stuff, but we do. And we have to hand those things over. And all we're doing is clearing the way. And we're becoming vessels. And we're becoming better conduits. And we're taking the oil out of the water. And that's it. I just want to pray. Lord, thank you. Only you, God, can take those parts of us those deep down pieces, those things that cause lack of sleep or frustration or anger or any of those parts, God, you take them and you redeem them. You have rescued us, Lord. You saved us. And I believe that your, your desire to redeem us is strong. Your desire for happiness here, for joy here, for a complete life here, for families to be redeemed here is strong. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen. There's an invitation today, uh, and, and, and this is next steps, like the invitation to, to what? What's, what's next? Um, as I was sitting back there, I heard 
I heard somebody, right before Bo said it actually, he said, um, he said, there are people in this, in this space that you can, you can trust, that you can rely on to, to point you to God in darkness. And I, and actually, I, I, right before you said that, I was like, I think I want, I want some people who, who I trust to, I want, I want them actually, I want you to know who they are. Because maybe you don't know who can drop you through the roof. So I'm, if you don't mind, because a lot of these people are my friends, and I'm not, I'm not trying to diss anyone in here. I just want you guys to know that. But, but Ron, and, Ron and Dana, can you guys stand up? You guys stand up for me. Bo, can you stand up? Thank you. Joe, can you, can you stand up? Josh and Mindy, can you guys stand up? Matt, Sharon, can you stand up? Tyon, can you stand up? Connie, can you stand up? Justin, can you stand up? Yeah, all these people came my name. Rebecca, stand, stand up, please. Jeremy, can you stand up? Andy and Jenny, can you stand up? Eric, can you stand up? Larry, Larry left, but I was going to have him stand up too. I don't know where he is. Jeremy, can you stand up? Arnick is back there. Can you stand up? <laughs> okay, I want you to look around this room right now. These people standing up. Personally, oh, there's, yes, Tyler, thank you for standing up. I didn't see you. <laughs> um, I, I personally, for me, I want you to know this. I personally trust every single one of these people to draw. Oh, sorry, Lawrence. Lawrence, stand up back there. I, I, Lawrence is back there too. I trust every single one of these people to drop me through a roof. And my wife, of course, we're one. She doesn't even need to stand up. We are one. I'm standing up for her. No, I'm just, Kelly, stand up, please. Kelly, stand up. Gosh, Jeremy, killing my moment right now. Okay, but for real, I want you to look at these people. If you don't know who can drop you through a roof, if you don't know who can show you the invitations to God in your darkness, in your struggle, talk to these people. They will help you. They will guide you to him. They will show you his way. They will show you where God is among the storm. They will. I want you to know that because this is, our, this is a community. This is a body. We're not just a bunch of random people hanging out in here, okay? We need to rely on one another to be dropped through a roof. We need to rely on one another to see God among things that we, we are unable to see. So I, I invite, this is your next step. If you raised your hand earlier when we were talking about inviting God and renewing you or, you're, or Bo's saying like, who needs healing? Who needs something? And you don't know what to do next? Talk to one of these people. Because I, I have. I've talked to every single one of these people about hard things, about good things. They've prayed over me. They've, they've lifted me up when I've needed it. Because you know what? We all need it. Andy Melinda are not here. They need it. And they're for you too. They're here for you too. So remember that. So let me, let me pray over you right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you 
We thank you for your invitations to who you are. We thank you for your invitations to, to be healed. We thank you for your invitations for miracles to happen, for heaviness to be lifted up. God, your burden is light. It is not heavy. Lord, we have joy because of you. Lord, we thank you for every single person in here. We thank you for wherever they are on their journey. <laughs> some are ahead, some are behind, some are right next to us. But we all need the same thing. We all need you. We all need your spirit to prompt us and to show us the way. Show us the path. Show us the next step. And Lord, we, and we need a little bit of courage. <laughs> we need a little bit of boldness to step. So give us a nudge right now. Give us a nudge to step. And we, and we thank you for the process. We thank you for the process. Because we know with you, you make all things good. You make all things good to those who love him. That's it's what it says in your word. And so Lord, we rest on that today. We thank you for it today. In your great name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day today, guys. Don't forget that next step. I just told you, don't forget it now. <laughs> See you guys.